0: Welcome to another episode of On Air with Rebecca. I'm really excited today because we have a really special guest. He's been speaking through his books prophetically for over a decade, and he's full of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. And we're going to be covering so many different topics. So please help me welcome to the show, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Oh, great
1: to be here. Great to be here in this. I like. I love the set. I love. The, I love the whole thing. So great to be with you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so happy to have you here, and also so happy to have. My husband Yeah, thanks here. for having me
1: back. You know, Rabbi Jonathan got to uh, say a blessing over our marriage at, uh, at our wedding. So that's really cool.
0: Yes. And he's the one who actually made the connection with Shav- Shavuot.
1: Mm-hmm. We were married on him. Shavuot. Yes. Yes. Which
0: is yeah. such a cool, that's a it whole. Which about
1: the covenant, you know, the marriage of God and his people.
0: And Ruth.
1: And Ruth and, and Boaz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Yeah.
0: That's Wonderful. so amazing. No okay, so you're new to our audience. So before we get in, because we have a lot of different things we want to cover with you, but for so people can get a feel of who you are, give us just a little bit of your testimony.
1: Sure, um, I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> And I was raised in a Jewish home. Um, My father escaped Hitler, grew up in Germany, escaped Hitler. Um, My mother's family escaped the czar, Um, so they both and they met while they were both going for their PhDs as scientists um, in chemistry. So they both that's how they got married. Wow! Um, They had three kids. I was two, two girls and one boy. Um, and so I was raised in the synagogue, um, went to Hebrew school, you know. Um, but when I was eight years old, um, I started questioning it all, you know, because oh, wow. I heard about, you know, I heard about the God of the Bible who spoke and moved and all that. But then in the synagogue, I didn't, I didn't see that. I, it was all like liturgy, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. see that. So I decided, you know what, there's no God. So I became an atheist at eight. And then, that, so that, that was for a while. And then when I was about, then I started saying, wait a minute, atheism doesn't work, there's gotta be a reason, there's gotta be a reason why we exist. So I started t- getting books on everything, started seeking books on science, religion, UFOs, Nostradamus, you know, you know, all these things. And when I was about 13, 12, 13, and one day I picked up a book that I thought was a UFO book, because it looked like that year, they made it look like the UFO books. It was The, the Lake Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. This is a book, you know, it was one of the best about prophecy, about biblical prophecy coming true now, starting with Israel coming back. I knew nothing about, I never heard anything like that. The Bible actually has these things about that coming true now. So I was that excited, I was like, wow. So I'm telling my friends about it, and I'm, I'm, I don't know the Lord, but I'm winning them to the Lord. You know, because I'm telling them about it, I'm excited about it, um, and but I'm still, you know, I'm still like it's God is saying, okay, it's Nostradamus, the Bible. now no, it's just the Bible, the Bible. Now it's not just the Bible; it's this one, Yeshua, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at the Hebrew Scriptures and I saw it. It said that he was going to be born, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. I said, like that was that's Catholic. How did that get into the Hebrew <laughs> Bible? You know, and so and so, you know, I'm I'm becoming, I'm believing more and more. I'm not saved, but I'm believing. And, in, in my and then one day, I mean, I realized, you know, you're, I'm telling people about the Lord, but where am I with the Lord? When he, I'm telling him he's coming. Where am I gonna be when he comes? You know. So I realized it wasn't right. So I realized I had to give my life to the Lord, yeah. but I didn't wanna give it. So I, I made a deal with God. I thought if I give my life to the Lord, I'm gonna to have to join a monastery and that's the end of my life. Hmm. So, so I made a deal with God. I said, if you give me a long life, I will accept you when I'm on my deathbed. So that, that was my deal. And so, right after making that deal, I was almost killed twice. And the first time was a car accident, it was a miracle that I wasn't killed. And, the, and soon after that, I'm in a Ford Pinto, this car that used to blow up. Like you touch them the wrong way, and yeah. they, they would blow up. And so, um, I'm driving across uh, to a college at night um, across a train track. And it had just been snowing. There's a dangerous track, there's no protection. People have been killed there. And it was at an angle, you didn't even know when you are on the track. And i'm going and the cars are crossing i'm saying well is the train but the light's going on did the train leave or is it broken so I said, let me just check and i look and i see a light and it's the train and the train it didn't look like it was moving. the train it was coming head on i was right on the track and i didn't realize it because of all the angles on and i'm waiting i said you know what maybe i'm too maybe i'm too close so let me let me try to back up so I'm, I'm about to back up but i look and i see headlights in back of me and so the so the train's coming there's headlights in back of me I backed up about a foot, I think, but I thought I was just being extra safe. I thought I was okay. I was still in the path of the train. So the train came, plowed into the car. The car went up like aluminum foil. The only thing I could do at that moment was call out to God. (laughs) I called out to God, the car was destroyed and I didn't get a scratch. So I said, Lord, okay, that was close. (laughs) I said, can we renegotiate? And so I said, here's a new deal. I said, I'll accept you. When I turned twenty, just don't kill me until then. <laughs> and so and so you know, and it was about like it was about like eight months away. So I said, you know, so on my 20th birthday, it was like a man whose contract had ran out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was on my 20th birthday, I said, okay, I didn't know how to get saved. I started listening to Christian, tele- Christian television, Christian radio. I was reading already the Bible and, and prophecy. and I I, went, I found a mountain because I remember from Hebrew school, God met people on mountains, Moses, life. So I found a mountain. I went to the top of it at night. I kneeled down on a rock and I gave my life to the Lord. Wow. And that's how I came to the Lord. You know, it was like, I'm the last, the least likely person kicking and screaming. Nobody from high school would believe me, would believe it that I came to the Lord. Um, but that's how I came, you know. And I, you know, it says Jews need signs. You know, I needed a train, you know, to go. Yeah. And the other thing is years later, just like, you know, I'm reading the Bible and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm descended from at the priestly Aaron, you know, that, that house, you know, mm-hmm. the priest. And I'm looking at the Bible and it says that, you know, in the time of the temple, with David, says the, the sons of Aaron would come to serve the Lord, come into ministry, come in to serve the Lord when they turned 20. It was my wow. 20th birthday that I came to the Lord. I had no idea.
0: That's amazing. So you give your life to God at 20. Where, at what point does the first harbinger happen and how did it happen?
1: <laughs> well, there's a little jump there because I, <laughs> cause I, cause I'm 20 years old uh, and then the Lord led me into ministry. You know, I was in college and now like, I was 20. At 28, I came into, you know, I was asked to actually asked to lead a ministry. Oh, um, wow. And, but he called me. I knew I was going to go into full-time ministry, but I didn't know it was that. I was helping out, a, I was kind of helping out of congregation. and They said, the guy left. If, we, if you don't say yes, we close it down. So I said, oh, all wow. right. You know, but I was waiting for this. They said, well, this might be it. So, so I started leading with a handful of people. And it started growing. And so I so I was ministering. That was like 19 level. Well, I got saved, it was 1980. Uh-huh. And this was, oh no, 1979. This was 19, now, now I came into the ministry like 1988. Mm-hmm. And so, so the heart. Now I always knew I was supposed to write books, but I never did. I just never had time in the ministry. So mm-hmm. so I had things in my head and I let's start, but never. But then what then when when 9-11 happened, you know, we're right outside New York City. And mm-hmm. the, the woman who I was seeing, who became my wife, um, she was supposed to be there at the building at that time. And at the last minute, her plans were changed. And and we had at that at nine o'clock, she was supposed to be there. And we had other people in the congregation who were supposed to be there. Plans were changed. We had some people who were in the building, they got out. Wow. So so it was affecting, you know, it was all over where we are. But at the same time, I knew when 9 11 happened, I said, you know, this is there's something here, there's something very big here. Yeah. Um and I started getting things, I started sharing things that I was getting about it. Um, but then it was later when I was standing at ground zero and I'm looking, and I see a tree that was struck down, and mm-hmm. something says there's something there. You have to seek this out. You have to, you have. There's a mystery. You got to. So I started doing it, and it all of a sudden, became the first puzzle piece. That tree, of the the this this mystery kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I every, saw so everything it
0: was like unfolding.
1: All yeah, all these signs, all these. There's like nine harbingers. All of them were there, or, or like wow, wow, you know, kept get getting bigger. So I started, you know, so I I gave I did a message on it at Beth Israel, the congregation I leave. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, you know, this has got to go forth there. But I, well, but I didn't do anything about it. Like most things, I, you know. So about two years later, I said, okay, the, it was like the Lord saying, this is the book. You got, to write, you got to write the harbinger. And so that's how it happened. That's how it began. And then when I wrote it, I wrote it nonfiction. And when I finished, it was like the Lord said, okay, rewrite the whole thing. Do it as a, put a narrative, a story in it. Because it'll reach more people yeah you because know, God uses that God uses you know you know God uses parables so so I rewrote the whole but before I even wrote the, in that when he when I got that in those two hours the whole story came everything came to me the whole story so then when I started writing it like the harbinger, which is a prophet speaking to Noriel and something it just flowed it wrote itself every time wow. I sat down just wrote its every time it was like you know pages and pages so it really wrote itself so that's how that's how that, I mean, so, so then I finally, I finished it, okay, but I didn't know how to publish anything, you know, yeah. you know I don't, and should I say this, a supernatural story with Yubi? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I like this, because we're doing other, you know, so, so I, you know, I had to now publish it, you know, but, you know, now I'm it, and so people are telling me, well, you gotta, you gotta make a name for yourself, you gotta brand yeah. yourself, you gotta give an agent, I'm not branding myself, I'm not doing anything, <clears throat> but that week when I finished it, I was supposed to go to Dallas, so on my way to Dallas, I stopped at, I was speaking at Promise Keepers. My way to Dallas, it stopped at Charlotte Airport. And so at Charlotte Airport, I bow my head. I said, Lord, the Harbinger is your message. You know how to do it. You don't need an agent. You don't need any, you do, you know how to get message out. So I'm giving it to you. I open up my eyes, there's a man sitting to my left. He turns to me and he says, so what's the good word? I said, well, well God loves you. He says, I know that, but what's the good word? I'm thinking, so I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing to the guy and he's witnessing to me. We're both trying to trying to trying to save the other person, tell That's him about hilarious. the Lord until we realized it. But then he turns to me and says, "Jonathan, you wrote a book. This book is of God, and the Lord God is going to spread it across America and across the world. He'll do it by His hand." He says, "You've been known, but it's nothing compared to what's going to happen. And get ready." And and it turned out. That guy. Not only did he give me that word, and he just happened—he wasn't even supposed to be on that plane. He was supposed to be on another plane, but he kept getting canceled, so they put him on the plane. He sat down next to me. He said, and and he said, and God, he said, he said the Lord just spoke. He said, you have to speak to that man. And I just finished praying, or I was just praying actually. While he he said, I can't speak to him. I'm not going to speak to him because for some reason he thought I looked Jewish. So (laughs) so he, so he, but then he said he was literally gripped with pain until he opened his mouth and gave Mm -hmm. me the word. And and he was friends with Stephen Strang, who's the president of Charisma Publishers. So right after that I get, a, or, or a while after, I get an email from Stephen Strang, and who says, hey, we heard what happened at the airport, we heard about this thing called the Harbinger, we have no idea what it is, but we're interested. And that is how the Harbinger went forth to America and the world, totally by the hand of God, totally.
0: Okay, so I wanna get into the message the message of the Harbinger, specifically the Harbinger two, mm-hmm. but I do have a question. So when you were in New York City, because I think God is reaching out to us, but I really feel like people don't understand to search out what God mm-hmm, is putting something mm-hmm. in front of them. And for example, you'll get a prophetic word. One thing I didn't understand growing up is that when you get a prophetic word, you're supposed to search that out in Scripture. It's not necessarily the end. it's like can be the beginning. Mm-hmm. So when you saw that tree at ground zero, How, did you feel the Holy Spirit give you kind, like did he highlight that tree to you? And then when you started to search it out in scripture, did he begin to show you and it kind of unfolded? What was that process like?
1: Well, yeah, the first thing, well, it's like something came in to me saying, you have to seek this out. Now I don't know, you know, like where was it gonna lead?
0: Mm-hmm. But then
1: it was like every step of the process was that made sure that I knew I got I was led to the next thing like when I needed something somebody would say a word and it was the next key it was the next part of the harbinger. Oh, wow. um, at one point I'm typing in my computer and something comes back that I didn't even I didn't even ask for and it was the next part of the harbinger. I didn't know when I when I first got this it's based on this scripture Isaiah 9:10 you know and I didn't know until the end of it I'm typing it in um, to get the scripture verse, and instead of the scripture, it gets the the annals of the United States Congress, and I I realized at that moment, only at the end, that the very scripture was proclaimed to the world from, from Capitol Hill the day after 9-11. But I already had all that stuff about the scripture, but I had no idea. So God led that, and so wow. what generally it is, he just put he he'll put things on me, yeah. and then, like for instance, what, like the paradigm, one of the books, I mm-hmm. remember one night, I go to bed, I'm, I lay down, my wife's sleeping next to me, and I, and like three things come to me. Like, I was like, that is that true? Is that three things? So I get up, I get it, go into the other room, I turn my computer on, and I check on the internet, and it's all true. It's like, whoa. So it was like put on my heart, put on my mind, mm-hmm. and then it turns out. So he leads me, mm-hmm. and then I know, like I'm the first one to be blown away, you know. So so I know, like, like I know. I, I know it's the Lord. Like, oh wow, Lord, here it is, here it goes again. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, this this this. Wow, Lord. So that's you know that's a, so there are all different things from people saying something to signs to to something appearing and things just coming onto my heart and coming into me, which I don't know are true until I go to the internet and then I say, wow, you know. So like again, Lord, and so I'm I get blown away, you know by yeah.
0: That's a really incredible process, though, that you just take it one. Step at yeah. a time, and that you're obedient, yeah. and that you don't take it and run with it on your own. You seek him out for each step. Yeah, has the process gotten easier with each book?
1: I don't know if it's I don't know if it's easier, <laughs> but it's a good question. I don't know if it's easier, but it's like well, usually everything will start with one thing. Like you know, wow. one, every one thing comes in. I remember, like for instance, the paradigm. Some, I saw also there was a the connection between. I said, wait, Jehu. And Trump, there's something going on there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, okay, whoa, not just Jehu now, Jezebel, mm-hmm. Ahab. This one, this one, you know, the time, you know, the, the exact year, the, the exact, you know, it was like everything. So it starts with one thing, and then it keeps going like whoa, like all, and one thing leads to the next, and leads to the next, and the next, all over, you know. So that's how it happens. So I'm always blown away. I don't know if it's gotten any easier or harder. I love the process because yeah. I, to me it's just like, wow, Lord, keep it, keep it coming. You're like, wow, like I'm I'm, I'm blown away, you know. So, so yeah, it's it's because I'm not really the pro. I mean, I get God uses all that we are. He uses our mind, mm-hmm. he uses, but it's like the process is like beyond me. If I had to try to reproduce any of that, I could never reproduce no. it.
0: Yeah, never, because it's the Lord. Yeah, and I was just think about if you hadn't. When he when that came to you, if you hadn't like searched that out, because it could have just been, oh, that's just one thought. That's but right. from one thing that's came right. this whole thing, and it just shows how important it is that's to right. be receptive. That's
1: right. Yeah. To what I, God's
0: telling you. Yeah,
1: I I would. I, I, yeah. I would, I would. I wonder what would happen if I didn't. Would the Lord have the thing come up, or someone tell me again? I don't know. Yeah. But, but, yeah. You have to be sensitive. You don't know where that's going, and and it's always been like that. I mean, always been like that. It's one thing, and and I and I don't know where it's going to go. And and you know, and and not everything. Has, you don't know where everything's going to go, but. I, and but Lord, that's the next book. I mean, things have happened that I didn't plan I didn't plan on writing the paradigm. It just came like that because from one thing. The Oracle is another one. I didn't plan on writing that. It just came like, whoa. And then bigger, 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 bigger. Wow. You know, you know. And then I then I have to at the end I have to say, okay, is that it? You know, like, like, yeah. like I'll I'll have all these pages. Like the book that I'm working on, I have probably have five thousand pages of notes. <gasps> I mean, not that I'm writing all, but I'm getting internet and I'm pasting it, but about five thousand pages. Um and, you know, and I have to say, okay. Lord, is that it? Like, do I have the last revelation that you want me to know? For that, are we? Are we, you know? You know. So that's another thing too. You know.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so let's begin to lay the groundwork of the harbinger. So Isaiah nine ten. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, in the last days of ancient Israel, um, a nation that had gone away from God, there were signs that appeared to that nation. Nine harbingers that are warning the nation of judgment. They are linked to this scripture, Isaiah 9:10. Isaiah 9:10 is, is, is Isaiah recording this vow that they made when they were when they were first shaken by God, which is a which is a biblical pattern. Before judgment comes, he warns and he shakes, yeah. and, it, and each time it actually comes through a, an enemy a strike that's allowed for a moment. The hedge is lifted, so it happens, and so what happened is those same nine harbingers that appeared in the last days of ancient Israel are now reappearing on American soil. Mm-hmm. Some in New York City, where, near me, some in Washington, D.C., some have involved ceremonies, objects, um, leaders, even presidents are part of this mystery, and each one is specific. I mean, and it's appeared warning a nation that's in danger of judgment, starting with 9-11. That was like the, the trigger of it. And you know something I didn't plan on this journey, but you, you know, remember, or I don't, you're young, but, but David Wilkerson, um, you know, great men of God. Um, he is the other, what he, the, 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 I think a week or two after 9-11, he said, God gave me a scripture about 9-11. And the scripture that he based his sermon on was Isaiah 9-10, the harbinger scriptures. Now he never knew that there were harbingers. You know, we, I met him once, but mm-hmm. I never, you know. We, he, so he never knew that, but he got, he's the only, he got that just directly from the Lord, that it's Isaiah 9-10. I got it from the harbingers, you know, um, and then the weird thing well, I don't usually share this, but when he was uh, he went to be with the Lord, yeah, the next day I got the contract for the harbinger to go forth. you know, so I feel like wow. you know the connection with that, you know so but yeah, so it, so it's, it's Isaiah 910 for those who look at it, but nine specific harbingers that have of judgment warning America.
0: And so what does that scripture say?
1: it, it was the, It was the people once that first strike came, they said it goes like this. The bricks have fallen, talking about the attack, but we will rebuild with quarried stone. The sycamores' trees have been struck down, but we will plant cedars in their place. In other words, what they're saying is, it's a way of saying, Lord, God, you're not gonna, you're, we're not gonna be humble, we're not coming back to you, we're not repenting, we're, you, try to, you try to do this to us, we're gonna come back stronger than we were before without you, so it's a, defi- it's a scripture of defiance. If you look at any commentary, defiance, and then it says, then it goes on to say, okay, because you do you've, said, you've done that, this is the judgment that's coming. So it's so so the pattern is that that years before you have this strike, then God gives the nation a time to repent, to come back to God. We've been in that time.
0: Yeah, but
1: we as a nation, we have not only not been repenting, we've been racing away from God, just like ancient Israel did,
0: yeah. And one of the things that was a huge issue with ancient Israel was pagan worship and not listening to God and obeying his commands. And what people don't realize is Baal and these different pagan gods, they're real entities. They're real demonic spirits that are still operating in this world today. And the same Baal that they were worshiping back then, we have modern day Baal worship in America. And I remember realizing that abortion isn't just physical matter, it's not just a political matter, it's a spiritual matter and it's modern day Baal worship. And this has been one of the biggest issues for the past 10 years. And there's been this fight over that. And so we, as America, we're not Israel, but we can see these similar patterns. Yes,
1: yes. Because
0: we're a nation devoted to God.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That, you know, God is in His mercy is trying to warn us and to call us back to Him like He did with Israel. But how are things going so far?
1: Well, not good. Um, <laughs> and, the other, and the other thing is that interesting, because you, you're, you're eliciting all these things, um, the book that I'm working on now, okay, oh, which is wow. gonna be the most explosive book, probably will get banned, but it's, it's the most explosive book. Oh, and I'm it, excited. And I've had so much, there's so much spiritual warfare that for a year I haven't been able to write it, but, I'm yeah. not, but, it, but it's called The Return of the Gods. Tell us, and, us about and, it. Well, I, <laughs> well, it, <laughs> well, 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 what I would just say to you, it's uh, like, it's, it's like, I mean, what you're talking about, the, you know, like, yes, yes. Um, but it's specific. It's exact. principalities exact with what's everything that's happening in America with, with exact times. It's like, it's like, take that and then take the mysteries like the Harbinger and all these things. And it is like mind boggling, but it's, t- everything that's happening is linked to specific, specific, gods or principalities yes yeah and and it's beyond anything and this is this is where it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger but but it's it's like gonna be like whoa 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 it's like yeah i mean yeah
0: well rabbi jonathan khan always brings so much to the conversation we didn't want to cut anything out so make sure you stay tuned for part two you can also follow me on instagram at rebecca lamb weiss